0: Well, it's preaching time. Get your Bibles, get it out, open it up. Just open it up anywhere. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter number 46. I love the Bible, don't you? Yeah. Love the scriptures. Love the word of God. Love, love reading it. I love hearing it, and I like preaching it. Amen. Do y'all like hearing preaching from the Bible? Amen. Stand with me, please. Psalm 46, we'll begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We're going to preach a little bit this morning for First Responders Sunday. We're going to preach on this thought right here, on call. Amen. We've got a God that is on call. <laughs> now don't get too excited. You're in. You're in church, okay? So be dignified. Come on now. We've got a God, the Creator of the universe, the one that spoke the worlds into existence this morning. Is on call. Amen. Father, help us, I pray, as we preach and expound the scriptures, do a work in hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much for standing. You can be seated. I want to begin by saying what I said just a few minutes ago, and that is that we honor and, and respect and praise the Lord for all of our first responders. In fact, we ought to just give them a big hand right now while I'm thinking about it. Amen. All of our first responders, thank you. Thank you. i begin to try to figure out what they all have in common, law enforcement and and fire personnel and our paramedics. And one thing they all have in common is they have a desire, they have a commitment uh, to help their fellow man. They respond to the needs of others and they train and they prepare and they do a lot of work behind the scenes so that when someone picks up that phone, dials 911, they can be there to help them whatever the problem might be. And their job is to be available to respond to the needs and concerns of people that are hurting, people that are in danger, people that uh, need representation, people that need assistance with a problem or a need that's greater than them. Somebody needs defending, somebody that needs protection or assistance. And I want to say it's a very commendable life vocation when you could probably make a lot more money doing a lot of other things. Our first responders are, are on the job, and we're grateful for them, and we appreciate them. And uh, too much attention uh, and, and media spotlights given to the occasional, occasional dirty cop or the one that, uh, one that doesn't uh, very accurately represent that vocation, and they get too much media attention, and, and there's bad apples in every group. Amen. There's, there's a lot of bad apples in the pulpits across this country, all right? Uh, but I'd appreciate it if you'd not judge me based on what some other loser did, amen, or didn't do at their church, amen. I appreciate all of our first responders and and I'm grateful for them. And I just wanna go on record this morning for those that may be visiting for the first time here at Calvary Baptist Church, we boldly and publicly stand against the defund the police movement. There's a lot of stupid things going on in our country today, but that one's got to be near the top of the list. Yeah. is defunding the police. We're grateful for them, and uh, we appreciate them and their faithfulness and their hard work putting their lives on the line. And uh, our, our our firemen and our paramedics, and here in Dundalk in Baltimore, our paramedics have got their work cut out for them where nearly every single night yeah. of the week they run out of Narcan on the ambulances trying to help people with drug overdoses and and automobile crashes and things of that nature. Uh, But today's your day. And uh, we coincided it with uh, September the 11th, which has almost become synonymous with just recognizing our first responders and those that serve our country. And uh, we wanted to do that for you today. We've got several that are here. And after the service is over, we'll recognize you. We've got a gift for you, a gift card. We just want to love on you a little bit. Uh, But what I'd like to do now is I'd like to uh, preach the Word of God uh, and this this passage in Psalm chapter number 46, I love this verse. I love this chapter. I've read it several times this week, preparing for uh, the the service this morning and, and we know we know who to call when we need help, Amen. except for the few blondes that when you say call 9 one they're like, okay, what's the number? <laughs> we, we most of us know. Who to call when we need help? Here's my question to you this morning. Do you know who to call when you need help? Do you know who to call? Well, I'm hoping this message this morning will help clear that up if you don't know who to call. Amen. And a couple of things I want to notice by way of introduction in Psalm chapter number 46. We see, first of all, we see God's power. We see his power. You know, uh, there's nothing worse than showing up for an emergency call and having to establish the pecking order out in the middle of the road with all the different departments that have showed up simultaneously, and that does happen. You got the city and the county bumping heads over who's got jurisdiction, and depending on what it is that happened, some of them want the case, and then some of them don't want the case, all right? There's a lot of arguing over, no, that's not our job, that's your job. We got a little bit of that going on, but there's always seems to be that problem of that establishing that picking order. We were talking about this yesterday at the men's prayer breakfast. I said, does that still happen? I know it happens sometimes in the movies or television programs where the guy shows up and he pulls his badge out. It's like, this is my crime scene. This is this is my car crash. It's like, okay, and you never know who's going to show up next. You know, the Department of Natural Resources is going to show up because somebody hit a deer. Now this is my job, all right? Whatever, I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, guess who the officer he is when God shows up. <laughs> Guess who's got jurisdiction when God shows up? Look at what it says in our text in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Look at what it says down in verse uh, number uh, five. God's in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged. The Bible says, and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. I like that right there. When God speaks, everything else just melts away. Everything else just dissipates. Amen. God is the preeminent power on the scene. Verse number seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. That's a military terminology. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Verse number eight, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He's got global jurisdiction. I didn't get my notes, for the Bell, but that just hit me. Amen. Right here after us talking about the Every Nation Project. God's got global jurisdiction. Tomorrow Marissa, Nathan, and Landon's going to get on a plane and they're going to fly to the Philippines and they're going to do missionary work over there and they're going to preach to those Filipino people the same message that I'm preaching right here in Baltimore, Maryland. Amen. That God is the preeminent power. I'm grateful for that. And there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, spiritual warfare. There's a lot of demonic activity in the spiritual realm. Yes, I, I refer to that often because I'm afraid a lot of uh, Americans, especially flag-waving patriotic Americans, they've got more loyalty to a party or a candidate than they do understanding that what we're dealing with today in America is not a political problem. It's not a conservative versus liberal problem. It's not a Democrat versus Republican problem. What we're dealing with in America right now is straight up spiritual warfare. We are fighting against principalities and powers and rulers. And I'm telling you tonight, this morning on the authority of the word of God that the God that we are looking to for help is the preeminent power day will come when every knee, the Bible says in Philippians 2, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We can preach this message right here in America. We can preach it in the Philippines. We can get on plane and go to India or Africa or Japan or China or anywhere. We can preach this message right here. God has global jurisdiction. I am have to preach a message on that sometime. What desolations he hath made in the earth. Verse 9, he breaketh the bow, the Bible says. He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. He's the power. He's the preeminent power. Old Pharaoh and his army figured that out about halfway through the Red Sea, did they not? Did they not? When they were chasing after the Israelites, Moses lifted up his rod. I wasn't going to preach long, but I feel a little preach coming on this morning. He lifted up his rod and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the waters parted. And they walked across on dry ground. And the nation of Israel crossed over. And here come Pharaoh and his armies. At that time, the superpower, greatest army with the greatest equipment and training on the planet, got halfway out in the middle of that Red Sea. And God knocked the wheels off, amen, and drowned the whole crowd. God is the supreme power. Amen. There's no squabbling in the middle of the street, flashing badges and calling the supervisor to find out who's the leading boss on the scene. It's God. Amen. It's God. He's speaking of his power in these verses. We see not only his power, but secondly, we see his peace. We see his peace. When God shows up, he fixes the problem. I'm glad we have a God that don't pass the buck. You don't ever hear God say, well, let me see if I can find somebody to help you. Well, how many times have you heard that? Call 911, they put you on hold. Or you call and tell them you got a problem, they put you on hold. One of our men was telling us yesterday in the vans, we were coming back from doing the operation saturation for the new church. He said, I I called the police and I told them, I said, they're in my house. They're stealing my stuff right now. They're cutting the pipes out of the wall as we speak. He said, they showed up an hour and a half later. He said, what took you so long? They said, we had to wait for backup. That's a rough section of town. Never had, to, never had to, God tell me, I know that's crazy, ain't it? Never had God tell me, I'll get there when I can get back up, come on now. And when God shows up, he knows how to fix the problem. Look at what it says. Verse one of God's our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, therefore, will not we fear though the earth be removed. You say, preacher, it's bad. It's bad. It's, this world's gone crazy. The political system's out of control. The media's out of control. The social problems are out of control. Well, guess what? I hate to break it to you. Last time I checked, the earth's still in the same spot it was last year. It had not got that bad. The earth is removed, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. That hadn't happened yet. Now it's liable to be on the news tomorrow, but it hadn't happened yet. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. What is he saying? We will not fear, why? Because God is on the scene. We see his peace in verses number two and three. And down in verse number 10, he said, be still and know that I'm God. And you can be still when God says that to you. He's the God of peace. And by the way, there's two kinds of peace. There's the peace of God and then there's the peace of this world. Those are two different kinds of pieces. huh? Some of y'all tried that peace of the world before you got saved. It came in all shapes and sizes. For some of you, it looked like a little joint. For some of you, it was in a syringe. For some of you, it was in a powder that you sprinkled on the coffee table. For some of you, it came in a can or it came in a bottle. For some of you, it came in an illicit act of immorality. The world's peace is temporary. That's why the Bible says in John 14, verse 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's what Jesus was referring to. In John chapter number four, he was talking to that woman at the well. When he said, go get your husband, she says, I don't have a husband. He said, you can say that again. Right. Right. Thou has said right. Thou has had five husbands, and the one you got now is not your husband. And here's what he said. you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. <laughs> but the water that I'll give you, you shall never thirst. There's a difference in God's peace. There's a difference in his peace and the peace of the world. Number three, write this down. We see not only his power and we see his peace, but we see his presence. And that's what I really want to focus on just for a little bit this morning. Verse number one, God is our refuge and strength. It doesn't just say that he is a help in trouble. It doesn't even say that he is a present help in trouble. It says he is a very present help in time of trouble. Now, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good response time. Can I get a witness? Call 911 and they have to type it out and figure out your address. What's your address? Where do you live? He already knows where you're at. He don't have to fight traffic to get there. He don't have to get in his vehicle, put on his seatbelt. He don't have to get the gurneys and check all the, make sure all the syringes and all the swabs and everything's on the ambulance. When you call him, he's a very present to help. Hey, he says, you call me and I'll be right there. That's pretty good first responder. <laughs> I love it. i think about Peter drowning. He stepped out of that boat. I'm gonna walk on water. And here he goes across top of that water. I can see him now. Getting a selfie. The guy's behind him holding on to that boat. Fingernails dug in. The waves crashed and he's smiling. Hashtag walking on water. Hashtag first time for everything. And all of a sudden he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. And Peter who preached a pretty good message in Acts 2 I mean, pretty lengthy message. Quoted a whole lot of scripture and did a whole lot of preaching in Acts 2. Guess what he did as he was beginning to sink beneath the waves? Lord, help me! (laughs) Lord, help me! He reached out and took his hand, got him back in the boat. Very present help. Can you remember where you were when you were sinking beneath the waves? Can you remember where you were when you called out to him? I sure can. Very present help in verse number one. Verse number five, God is in the midst of her. Verse number five, look at it. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved, God shall help her and that right early. I like it. Before you can hang the phone up, you can hear the sirens on your street. Or as we say down south, sirens. Come siren. Why? Why? Why should we call on him? Well, we should call on him because he's the best first responder that's ever been. David said it like this in Psalm 116, verse number two, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. It's almost like, Dr. Bittner, bear with me now, it's almost like God is sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. (laughs) He already knows you're in trouble. Come on now. And he knows where you're at, knows where you live, knows where your location is. He's already got everything that you need to fix the problem. He's just waiting by the phone. He's inclining his ear under your cry. You gotta admit that's pretty good stuff right there. Psalm chapter 3, verse number 4 David said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. He heard me. Psalm chapter 18, verse number 6 In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. No middleman. I like that. No middleman. That's right. You say, I got a problem. I need to call Pastor Schiff. You can call me, but I'm going to have to pass it on to him. Right. Right. I'm going to have to put you on hold. And I'm going to have to connect you to my supervisor. Come on now. <laughs> will not you just go ahead and go straight to him. Cut out the middleman. God can re- hear your cry. He can hear your prayer. Don't yeah. you call him, he's, right. he's on call. Say, Pastor, I thought you was on call. Well, I kind of am. But I also kind of turn my phone off when I go to bed at night so I can sleep. And I've yet to answer the phone when I'm in the shower. I try to take at least one a week of those. There's times when I don't answer my phone. There's times when I don't hear my phone. I have people call me all the time I say I look down I got a missed call my phone wasn't on silent I don't know what happened I had my phone in my pocket laying right there I didn't hear the phone ring there's never been a time when I called God that he missed the call Amen. two things I want to give you quickly this morning number one he's on call and he is a great responder to our prayer for salvation and by the way this is the first call you ought to make this is the first call you ought to make. Amen. God will change your life. In Psalm chapter 40, you're in Psalm, back up at just a page or two. It's chapter 40, you gotta see this. Psalm chapter number 40, verse number one, this is David's testimony. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He's on call. As a pastor, I'm on call. Had a man one time... Try to be a blessing. He gave me a plumbing business. Gave it to me. Figured out why later. And My phone rang all hours of the day or night. I found out one thing women are scared of more than anything else in this whole world and that is water on their floor. (laughs) They don't care what you charge. Just get it out of here. Get it off. Get it away from here. That phone would ring, that plumbing phone would ring 24-7 right on the side of my van. 24-7, service. Man, that phone would ring. And I, oh, my word. Can I tell you somebody that's on call 24-7 for the prayer of salvation? That's the God of heaven. <laughs> I'm glad he don't have banking hours. Amen? I'm talking about a God. It don't matter if it's early morning, midday, late in the afternoon, early evening, middle of the night, early in the morning. It don't matter. He's on call to hear our prayer for salvation. According to the verse a minute ago, Luke 19, 10, the son of man's come to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus said, everyone that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. God is not in the rejecting business when people call him for salvation. That's why he came. Bible says this, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You ain't got to worry about getting put on hold or getting a busy signal or getting blown off, or getting getting, uh, put on. uh, uh, We'll call you back, leave a message whenever you call for salvation. God's listening, God's there. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. We see his despair in verse number one. Imagine what that cry sounded like. We see his despair, we see his dilemma. Verse number two, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay, my goodness, what a mess. He was in a mess. Remember that mess you was in before you got saved? Let's just be honest, you was in a mess. Your family didn't know what to do with you. The doctors didn't know what to do with you. The psychiatrist didn't know what to do with you. The school nurse didn't know what to do with you. They prescribed every kind of pill, every kind of upper, every kind of downer, everything they could think of and nothing was working. Rehab clinics, dry out clinics, AA, all of them. Using a mess. David said, I was in a horrible, horrible pit. Miry clay. That word horrible means loud, tumultuous, rushing, noisy. It literally means difficult to bear. It was a mess. Chaos. Yeah, right. That miry clay means sticky. It had a hold. It had a grip. It wouldn't let go. And the harder he tried to get out, the further down it pulled him. Does that sound familiar to anybody? We see David's despair. We see David's dilemma, but we see David's deliverance. He brought me up. He brought, he brought me up. He brought me up. God did. Nobody else could. Nobody else would. Nobody else cared. Nobody else heard his cry. David said it like this in Psalm chapter 142 in verse number four. He said, I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. Refuge fell me. No man cared for my soul. They didn't care. They just wanted your money. Let's just be honest. They just want your money. These methadone clinics down here on Eastern, it's all about that government checks, all that is. He'll change your life. He's on call. God is the only one, by the way, that can save you. David said in Psalm chapter 34, verse number four and verse number six, I sought the Lord. He heard me, delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. God's the only one that can save you this morning. You say, well, I'll, uh, I'll just turn over a new leaf. And how many times have you done that? How many leaves have you got to turn over anyway? This New Year's resolution is not going to fix this. You can take a hog out of a hog pen. You can hose him off. You can shower him off. Scrub him up. Throw some Chanel number five on him, and guess what? He's still a hog. And the minute you turn him loose, he's going to find the nearest mud hole, lay down the water in that thing, and go, "Ah, this is great." You've got to change the nature of that pig if you're going to change his behavior, change his life. And you you joining a church, filling out a card, getting baptized and the answer, it's not going to fix it. You need a head-on collision with Jesus Christ and let him save your soul. That's what you need. Call on him this evening, this morning, and let him save you. By the way, Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you. We believe that, don't we? Bible believers. You say, well, why is the patents going to the Philippines? Haven't They got religions over there. They got religion. They got religions. They got a whole lot of religion. They don't need religion. They need Jesus. They need a born again experience. They need to be saved by the grace of God. And Jesus said it like this. Jesus said it like this in John 14, verse number six, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Here's what the Bible says in Acts chapter number 2 verse 21. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're talking about being on call this morning for the prayer of salvation. God's on call for those that call on the name of the Lord so that he can save them. Romans ten thirteen: for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, what is the name of the Lord? I'm so glad you asked. Acts chapter number 4 verse number 10, 11 and 12 tells us what that name is. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one name that you can be saved. There's only one number you can call. There's only one you can go to when you need to be saved, and that is none other than Jesus Christ. And he is on call, amen, for the prayer of salvation greatest day of your lives whenever you get born again saved by the grace of God and God raises you up quickens that dead man that's on the inside of you and makes you a new creature in Jesus Christ It's the greatest day of your life number two he's on call to our plea for the supernatural God's in the miracle working business come on now I'm not a miracle worker all right there are no miracle workers except God. These guys that say they are, they got their price. You want a miracle from them, you're going to have to cough up some money. So they can fly there in their Learjet and put them up in the penthouse suite, them and their, their, their group. And it's got to be, you got, to, yeah, there's a long list of criteria if you want to get a miracle from them. It's almost like the lottery, okay? And those people give people in the ministry a bad name. Amen. Having said that, we serve a God that's still in the miracle working business. Amen. The choir sings a song, Don't Give Up on the Brink of a Miracle. Amen. God the same yesterday, day, and forever. God's in the mir- I said, God's in the miracle working business. Here's what he said in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse number three. Here's what God said Call unto me, and I will answer thee, watch this, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That sounds like something supernatural to me. That sounds like something miraculous. You may be here today, you need a miracle. I know who you can call. Jeremiah 32, 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? Spencer was telling me when he was a deputy sheriff down in PG County, many times he'd have to hand people they bleeding, just bleeding, just face beat up, women and little kids. The, the, the domestic abuse group was what he did. He said so many times, Daddy, I got so tired of looking at them and saying, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. Give them a card. Call this person. Maybe they can help you. And leave. And couldn't help them. There has never been a person going to God for something supernatural and God said, let me give you the card of somebody else to call. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never. You might be here this morning, you need a miracle in your marriage. He's on call. He wants to fix your marriage worse than you want it to be fixed. You might need a, mar- a miracle in your family. You might have got bad news for you coming here this morning. Your heart is broken right now. Your guts are hanging out. You're just absolutely devastated at the news, the phone call, the situation, the circumstances in your life. And I wish to goodness this morning I could take you in my office and listen to you. And I wish I could help you, but I know somebody who can. You might need a miracle in your personal life. God is still in the prayer answering, miracle working business, He's on call. I'm out of time this morning with heads bowed, eyes closed. I wonder if there'd be somebody that would just right where you're at, with heads bowed and eyes closed, you would just slip your hand up. Preacher, I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Would you hold your hand up so I can see it? I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else, preacher, pray for me? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We would love to help you this morning. Preacher, I'm not sure. I'd love to take a Bible this morning. We'd love to take a Bible and help you with that. We wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in this world. We just want to help you. Anybody else, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe there's somebody who needs to get an altar. Altars are open, by the way. You can come and pray. We have invitation to every service at Calvary. Maybe you need a miracle in your life. You need God to do something supernatural. Why don't you come down here and call on him? He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Is your marriage in trouble? Is your life in trouble? Is your home in trouble? Is your family in trouble? Hebrews says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you have a need this morning? God wants to help you. Just get down here and talk to Him. If you're saved, if you're saved, you don't need a mediator. You can talk to the God of heaven right now. Get out of your seat. Come down here. Join us in the the altar. Ask God to help you. Ask God to do something supernatural. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. We're going to get to heaven.